Welcome to Fix with the Professor, the podcast where a real statistics professor and his beautiful friend Jake <laughs> gives you sports betting tips. I'm Professor Sides. You can follow me and find all of my picks on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today is Thursday, January 13th, 2022, and this episode covers today's best college basketball bets. In case you're new here, I've built a mathematical model that predicts what the spread and total should be for every Division I college basketball game. That information, along with a graded A, B, or C against the spread pick for each of today's games, is available in the Google Sheet that is linked in the show's description. Picks that get an A are the ones I love, picks that get a B are the ones I like, and picks that get a C are leans. However, please remember that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to say the model will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Please subscribe if you aren't already. For those of you on YouTube, leave a comment about the play you like the most or the one you think you might be wrong on. Yesterday, uh, we went three and three on the A picks, five and five in the B picks. So uh, not as good as the first two days of the week, but always good to kind of hold a little steady there after two really good days. We're going to hope to get back on the uh, winning track today. Jake, what did we learn yesterday? Uh, yes, Professor, we learned that Florida cannot handle same talented teams. They play to the level of their competition and are going to lose 90% of the time against a team that is similar, similarly talented, just like they have in the past. And just, just like we pointed out yesterday, yep. Uh, yep. Duke had their get right game. They yep. pushed that lead out to 20 twice after allowing uh, Wake Forest to cut it to within like 10 to 12 and then pushed it out. And starting with the 8-0 run in the, half, in the first half, they just took off and never looked back. And finally, we learned that Maryland's two guards of Fat, Fats Russell and Eric Ayala will keep them in every game. It is, those two guys work so well together, shoot the ball so well, and are nearly impossible to stop for, for any team. And so they will play tight games all year just because of those two guys. Yeah, yeah, that's a good a good nugget there to point out. We're talking about this a little bit uh, before we hit record that, you know, Maryland's a team that feels like if they're getting six, seven points, just take the points no matter what. If they're laying a bigger number, uh, maybe a little bit harder to lay, they, they're going to play these tight games, which is an interesting um, nugget. But like you said, Duke was that with that get back, get, get right game. We talked about that yesterday. Uh, Wake was not able to uh, hang in there against a team that uh, clearly finally has uh, got their legs back underneath them. Uh, moving on to today's action, we've got five games we're going to break down for you here today. We're going to start off at the 6 p.m. Oklahoma State at Texas Tech. I've got a B pick here for you. Texas Tech minus eight. The model thinks it should be nine and a half. I think the key to this game is Tech avoiding a hangover after their big win uh, in Waco. This is an interesting spot. Both of these teams played Tuesday. Both these teams played Saturday. This is a makeup game from a uh, game that had been postponed because of COVID. So both these teams with some tired legs, uh, maybe even more tired come Saturday, something to keep in mind uh, when you're handicapping that slate. But as long as Tech can avoid that hangover, the way they looked uh, against Kansas and the way they looked against Baylor, Texas Tech is clearly showing themselves as the third best team in this conference uh, with an asterisk of, hey, we might be better than that even. What do you think? Yeah, I, honestly, I think you got to say they're the best team in the conference going right now with, with who they've beaten, where they've beaten them. Um, but Texas Tech is the play. They don't get cute tonight. Texas Tech is the play. The, their defense is going to be playing very well, like extremely well, even for them. They, they're only going to get healthier because uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. was a game-time decision last game, so that would make me think with a couple days off, he's going to be – more likely to play, and he was their leading scorer going in before he got hurt. And they brought back their second leading scorer against Baylor, 
and Oklahoma State struggles with turning the ball over. That reared its ugly head against West Virginia in West Virginia. This is another one on the road with against some very good defensive team. That don't get cute. Texas takes the play. Yeah, I agree. This is a really tough spot to go from Tuesday playing in Morgantown, which is a tough place to travel to, a tough environment to play in, to, to Tech, which is also a tough place to travel to because if you're not familiar with the geography, Morgantown is near nothing. It's not really, it's, it's a couple hours from Pittsburgh. Uh, Lubbock is near nothing. You've got really tough travel on two days. So this is a really tough spot. Uh, for Oklahoma State. So, yeah, absolutely. I think Tech is the side there. At 8 p.m., we have Indiana at Iowa. I'm giving you a total on this one. I think the number is pretty spot on, but the total isn't high enough. The model thinks it should be a little over 154. So I'm going to play over 150 and a half. These teams like to get up and down. Uh, there could easily be fouls that get us. So this game could go overtime. I think there's a lot of ways to get to the window with this one. So I really like the over on this one. Uh, Jake, I think you've got a side for us. Uh, which direction are we heading here? I'm, I'm leaning Iowa. Iowa at home is a great team. Um, like they're a good team everywhere, but a great team at home. Keegan Murray is just incredible. Um, he's like, we talk about Johnny Davis all the time with Wisconsin, but Keegan Murray is the one that's leading the conference in scoring. Um, and so he's, incredible he's so efficient and the thing is he does it quietly like he doesn't have to have the ball all the time he finishes he finishes up garbage plays hits big shots and uh they shoot the ball very well Iowa hit 77 percent from the free throw line so any kind of close game especially at home you're gonna think Iowa is gonna pull it out um Indiana is, a, is turning the corner like they're they're getting there with with first year coach and like he's getting them to not turn the ball over as much um playing really good d and i mean trace jackson davis i don't know what what else you could say about the guy he's incredible um but he's getting better production out of rob Finnessy and uh race thompson and the, the, with those two guys added in they, they could be scary towards the later end of the year um but I was the play tonight because Indiana still has to figure out how to handle a bigger forward guard, forward guard like Keegan Murray and Johnny Davis. Uh, Johnny Davis lit him up last time, and Keegan Murray's going to do the same. So it's it's Iowa tonight. That makes sense, and I like that nugget about Iowa and the free throw shooting. The way that if you're on Iowa, the way that this falls apart potentially is they're up, you know, five late get fouled, miss some free throws, Indiana kind of hangs in there, you know, hits a useless layup at six seconds to go or something, or two seconds to go to, to lose by If I was hitting those free throws, it's not going to happen. So I like that nugget there. Uh, got a couple of small school games we're going to talk about that that we both really like here. Uh, 8 p.m. Georgia State at South Alabama. It's an A pick for me on South Alabama, minus one and a half. The model thinks it should be five. I'm seven and four backing South Alabama, and I don't see any reason why that should change. They are the better team. They are the home team. This line doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think if you made this line minus three, I'd say sure. I, I, I still think that, that South Alabama is the right side, but I get it. This line at one and a half doesn't make a lot of sense. What's your take? I, I'm the same way. I, I've, like these, South Alabama is the better team. I think these teams are very similar in how they play. They both averaged 74 to 75, let in in the mid-60s, 12 to 13 turnovers a game. The only real difference between the teams is South Alabama is a better field, like, from all over the floor. 
they're just they shoot the ball better and i think they're around 47 48 percent for the floor which is very good as a team um they also have two really good guards charles manning jr and jj chandler they both average above 15 and a key to winning tight games and tight spreads is being able to get your best players the ball and when those guys are guards, it's much easier than trusting your big guy to dribble up the floor. So that mixed in with being at home, I, I believe South Alabama should cover this. Like, I think it'll be under 10, but I think South Alabama gets it. Yep, yep, I completely agree with that. And then another one, Loyola Marymount at San Francisco. That's a 10 p.m. Central tip. It's another A pick for me, San Francisco, minus nine and a half. The model has it as San Francisco minus 13. Uh, Loyola Marymount hasn't played since before Christmas. That's quite a long layover to hang with a much better team on the road. And San Francisco, I think, is every bit as good as their 14-2 and two record. Uh, they were not necessarily expected to do a ton at the start of the season, uh, but they've looked really good. And so I think San Francisco is the right side to be on tonight. What is your take? I'm, I'm with you. I'm with San Francisco. I think Loyola Marymount, Marymount is a very vanilla team. They're they're not bad. They're not good, but they don't do anything special. But and they don't like they're not extremely bad anywhere. I think if I read the numbers right, they average the same about the same amount of points, like within a couple points as that they let in. And that's not a formula for su success. Um, but as we've talked about with free throws here, they do shoot 74% from the line. So that could teeter totter a little bit. But I think San Francisco is such a bunch, so, so much better defensively. Um, and even their 14 and two record is kind of misleading. Like they played a weird game with Grand Canyon and the total, like the score was 49, 48 and they lost. Oh, I remember that game. That was weird. It was just a very weird game. Yeah. And, the, and their other losses to Loyola Chicago, who is a very good midget that, ne that neutral second, they lost by five or something. Right? Yeah. 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 Very tight. So that I think they are going to, run away with this one honestly they shoot the ball well from deep they've got three really good guards and boye or two really good guards and boye and shabazz and uh yeah i can't say his name but the big guy who uh rebounds and scores very well they they are going to play really good defense they're going to run they're going to run this team i think they might run them out of the building but san francisco is the play Yep, I agree. And then one more late game. A lot of late night interesting games here, but in the West Coast Conference game, 10 p.m. BYU Gonzaga. One of the rare chances we're going to have to talk about Gonzaga this year because they're not exactly exciting to talk about when they're favored by 33 at a lot of these conference games. But it's a B pick for me on Gonzaga minus 14 and a half. The model thinks it should be 17. A couple of thoughts on this one. First off, when BYU has kept these close and been able to cover, it's been in Provo recently. Uh, not on the road in Spokane. It's Spokane recently, I think the last three years, Gonzaga's won this game by about 30 or so. And I don't really see how tonight is any different. This BYU team, I don't think is that good. They're 14 and three, but I'm not really sure how because they they seem to be really underperforming. And, and, and my, my, my last take here before I turn over to you, Jake, I just don't think this is the same caliber of BYU team as in the past. And so to me, I think this number is a little short because people are remembering that sometimes BYU can give Gonzaga a ball game and hang in there. But I don't think this team is built to do that. What do you think? I'm the same way. BYU is like, I don't, I don't know where these expectations came from, but going into the year, people were talking about like BYU, St. Mary's, and Gonzaga, like, ooh, this might be the year Gonzaga has a conference to play in. 
they don't. No, no, they, don't. <laughs> they just don't. And I mean, it's sad to see because I think that's the reason why Gonzaga doesn't win, hasn't won a title is because they play, they front load their schedule because that's what you have to do. And then like they just get lulled to sleep all year beating teams by 50. Um, but like BYU is lost, like lost their two or three, their, their three losses have both come all, wow, I can't speak. Uh, all three have come on the road. Uh, Utah Valley, Creighton, and Bandy, those aren't, if you're going to beat by those three teams, I mean, Creighton being the exception, that's that's not good. Um, they're very thin. After Alex Barcelo and Tejon Lucas, there's nothing left on that team. And this this Gonzaga team is very, very good. They're not as dominant as the last couple of years, but they are very good with their uh, – They've got two losses to top-tier team with Duke and Alabama, and they've also balanced that out with two wins against top-tier teams with UCLA and Texas. Um, everybody like everybody knows there's no reason we have to go into Timmy and Holmgren, but the key to the team is their guards with Strother, Bolton, and Nimbard. If those guys are going and going good, then they're really, really tough to stop. But if those guys are off, then like they're not. it's not going to be as great of a team. And that, I think that's what you've seen in their losses. They've gone against teams with better guards, and that's kept Holmgren and Timmy from getting the ball. Right, which wouldn't, be the case, which wouldn't be the case tonight against BYU. They shouldn't have that problem. Absolutely, absolutely. No. Uh, yeah, got some buzzer beaters for you tonight. I got four of them. I've got UNC Asheville plus eight at Winthrop. Asheville is a team that I'm five and two backing. Winthrop way under 500 against the spread. South Dakota, minus seven and a half at home against Denver. UT Rio Grande Valley, minus nine versus an improved Chicago State team, but I think they're getting too much respect here. I think UT Rio Grande Valley is the side there. And then at 8 p.m. Central, Tarleton State, plus ten and a half at New Mexico State. Tarleton has been a covering machine. I still think the number has not gone. I've been on them and against them, and – let me tell you, when you're on Tarleton, it works a lot better than when you've been against them. The number still hasn't caught up to them. So I have those four buzzer beaters, all A picks for you tonight. Jake, what are your buzzer beaters? I am on Seton Hall. I'm not sure why we're getting five and a half, but I'll take it because Seton Hall at home, five and a half against the DePaul team that's not the same level. Same level. Yeah. Um, I like Navy minus four. They've been a very good play this year for me. Um, both those games being at 6 p.m., so I'll, I'm just going to keep riding that Navy train. Um, I li also like Coastal Carolina against Appalachian State. I think Appalachian State's getting a little, little too much respect, uh, but they're coming. Appalachian State's coming off two tough losses. I think Coastal will cover within three. Um, and then I'm taking UCLA minus 11. This is a bad Oregon team. And they're just not playing. They're starting to turn it around, but they still haven't beat anybody of value. And I think UCLA gets them about 15 or so. Yeah, Oregon and Oregon State, both those teams in the state, uh, continuing the Pac-12 trend in years past of having some disappointing teams. It's kind of sad to see because it's always fun to have those good late-night college basketball games. Like I said, Oregon and Oregon State both just been a real disappointment um this year so uh that's all we've got for you today thanks for tuning in to another episode of picks with the professor a reminder to check out the google sheet for all picks and totals on today's games if you haven't done so yet please click that subscribe button we'll get you a new episode every weekday of the college basketball season we will see you tomorrow and until then remember you can eat your betting money but please don't bet your eating